Hey, bestie, it's Jimena. Long time no talk. Yeah, I know. It's been so long. Oh my God, guess what? What? So I don't go by Darren anymore. I actually go by Brixton. Ooh, what prompted yeah. that? It was super random. So like, okay, it's actually kind of funny too. Um, so basically what happened was I use it as like an online persona, right? For like one of my social media accounts that I deleted, whatever. So like, yeah, so I use it for that. Then, um, oh, by the way, I left Arizona too. So I'll get into that later. But to stay with my grandparents for a little bit, get my life in order. Um, so I started working for this. Well, I transferred with this store that I was working for to that city. And it's a small city, so everybody knows everybody. Like, my family would have known right away. So as soon as I started there, that's the name I went by. Because I didn't want people... I didn't want anybody to know that I was there for my family. So I was trying to, like, fly under the radar. <clears throat> so then, but that was it. Like, I started to really like it. I had introduced myself as Brixton to some people in back in Arizona, too. So I don't know. It was, like, kind of natural. And then now I just go by it, and I like it so much better. And yeah. Nice. So legally changed and everything. Yes. Yeah. Everything's changed. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I like it. (laughs) Have you been? Oh, man. I have been stressed. (laughs) You know, I started my career uh, working with the state. So I've been very much uh, in that whole nine to five mindset. Yeah. All of the work that that's I've been awesome. Doing. Yeah, I've been start kickstarting my career, so I I am doing something with that college degree I went into debt for. <laughs> that's dope. I mean, right? I feel like I honestly I felt like it was just a piece of paper for a while because I could not find a job. Obviously, there was a pandemic, so that was a reason too. But yeah. I was uh, like, so much worse. I was finally able to find a job. Um, it's not completely related to what I went to school for, but partially yeah i like it's like a non so i work for this nonprofit. um so i'm basically like um kind of like a a coordinator for a specific region that we work with um so i just like work with different like nonprofits, helping them get funded by us um helping develop new programs work with schools tribes um I'm trying to specifically work with my tribes and other tribes because that's where my passion's at. But right now I'm just working with our sister organization up in Canada uh, to just help like people in smaller towns get access to like healthy and fresh foods and stuff like that. It's pretty chill, laid back, just work from home, which is kind of nice. I don't have to drive anywhere, which is cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I love and hate working from home because on one hand I have no structure to my life anymore but I also don't have a commute like it is so easy to just it's, wake up and walk to my desk <laughs> yeah dude it's so nice like literally like I start work at 8 30 in the morning I get up at like 8 20 make my coffee I just throw on a nice shirt and I'm not even like that's it And I just sit down and I'm on meetings all day, like whatever. It's bad though, because there have been some times that I haven't set my alarm and I've got up at like a little bit later than I should have. And I'm just like, damn, but it's okay. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're still employed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still employed. So like, whatever, it works. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But, oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I left Arizona 
which is like kind of sad. I actually miss it a lot, but like it's fine. Um, so basically, um, and I can't believe how long it's been since we've talked um, or even recorded something. It's so wild. Um, so like basically uh, the pandemic happened. Um, I ended up getting fired because of a homophobic manager, which is totally, you know, awesome. Uh, so that basically happened. Um, I ended up getting kicked out of the house I was renting a room from because I have really shitty ass roommates. Um, and then let's see what else. So I ended up like getting an apartment, um, luckily, and then I was like unemployed for like maybe four or five months. And then I started working for um, this one store and I was like struggling. Then like I had a roommate who was like one of my best friends um, and everything. And then basically like I just like had like a super bad mental breakdown and then like uh, my roommate got in a really bad car accident. She couldn't afford to pay rent and the lease was already up. So like she moved out. And then I just could not afford my rent. So I just like, I had no other choice but to leave. And then the plan was to go back, but now I live in New Mexico. Oh, and I even had COVID. Wait, you have it now? Like, no, 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 not oh. now. I had it like a month ago. Um, oh, yeah, yeah it was wild. Yeah, like, and it, I don't, I don't know where, I, I'm assuming that maybe I got it from the gym because like I hadn't worked out in so long. And so I was like, all right, cool. Let me start going back again. Um, I was going like before work, like at 7 a.m. Um, and I, w I went for like three days straight. And then on the third day, excuse me, um, the third day, I was just, I went to the gym. I got home, like my body was feeling sore, like, you know, and obviously like working out, like I assume that that's what it was. Um, my bones felt kind of achy. Well, at least it felt like my bones. I don't know if it actually was my bones, but that's just how it felt. Um, and so that kind of happened. I was like, okay, like whatever, it's probably for me working out. And then like, by the time it was nighttime, I felt like sick, but it wasn't like horrible. I just felt like sick. And then the next day I felt fine. Uh, and then two days after that, my throat was hurting. And then it just kind of like went away. I'm vaccinated. So like, I think that might have been what helped, but like, yeah, it was crazy. And then I got like a test from the state of New Mexico, like the Department of Health. They sent it to me. Then I like sent it back. Um, never got my results emailed to me. So I was like, what? So I was just like, oh, okay. They probably didn't let me know because I wasn't positive. And then you know how on your phone, how to tell you if you've been exposed? No. What do you oh, okay. So like um, on like uh, at least on my iPhone, I think they do it. Like, it'll tell you, like, oh, like, you've, you've potentially been exposed, whatever. Um, I got a notification on my phone from the Department of Health, and it was like, oh, since you tested positive for COVID, would you like to share your status? And I was like, what? And that was, like, three, like, two, three weeks after I had already had it. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> what the hell? Three weeks? Yeah, like, two or three oh, weeks. I was anymore i know and i'm like uh thanks for letting me know and like when um i went like i went to grab food like i didn't get off into the restaurant it was dr the drive-through but like still after i tested positive i was just like oh my god like i literally like could have gotten somebody sick and i just felt like really bad mm. well, luckily you're fine did you end up like losing your taste buds or like sense of smell or anything my taste, I kind of, like, felt the tasting, like, a little bit. Like, the only reason why I could tell is because, like, I drink a lot of coffee with a lot of creamer, and I couldn't taste it as much. 
But, like, I didn't completely lose it. It was just, like, a little bit. Um, so, like, yeah. And then part of me was, like, freaking out. Because when I was, like, working out, like, my lungs were hurting, like, afterwards. And I couldn't tell if it was because of, like, me one, me being out of shape or COVID or the fact that, like, I now live somewhere that's almost 400,000 or 4,000 feet higher than where I used to live. So the elevation. So, like, it could be one of those. So I was like, I don't know. So I'm just trying to, like, train myself again into being able to, like, do what I used to do before. Because, like, before for cardio, I used to, like, just be on the Stairmaster for, like, 45 minutes at, like, I guess, like, level 10. Like, just chilling. Like, I was fine. Sometimes i go up to 17 if I was really, really trying to, like, go hard. And so, like, I think it was, like, a week ago, I tried to go at 10 again. And I could not. I was, like... I couldn't do it, so every time I felt my lungs, I would, like, go really slow, and then once it was fine, I'd do it again, but no, it was, like, hurting. I went cycling one day, and my lung collapsed, so, like, I, yeah, I was just, like, oh, fuck, so now I'm just trying to, like, take it easy. <laughs> I know, but, okay, you need, to, you need to fill me in, though, so what's been going on with you? Um, with what work-wise? Um... So I work for the state now, which is pretty crazy. I, It's crazy because I think in the first week of me working there, I got an email from a responsible party who I was, like, communicating with because part of my job is I'm a project coordinator. or Sorry, mm. program coordinator. So I, like, intake all of, like, their documents and stuff. And this uh, consultant emailed me back and was like, I'm a fan of your podcast, by the way. And at that point, we weren't even filming anymore. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I was I was, I just said thank you because she somehow in the email I think she said talk climate change to me or something but I was like this is so weird, like in a good way. If yeah. you're still listening, like thank you. <laughs> I printed That's... out that email and I put it on my desk. <laughs> That's oh. dope. Yeah, so I've been trying to. I well, we've both been busy because you had grad school and stuff, and I was starting this career path and it's been crazy because so one of my goals is that I want to help with like science education and making science understandable and digestible to like normal people and so with my job I've been doing this thing called story maps so I don't know how do I explain it it's basically like a fancy powerpoint ish Mm -hmm. type of thing um you can see some on my website if you go to talk I made one about plastics, uh, but uh, I introduced the agency into making presentations like that. So there's some sites that we were going to put out for com- public comment periods, and we wanted people to understand what this, what was going on at the site and what we had planned, but like in a way that made it understandable, because usually when the government publishes anything about sites, they do it in such an outdated, old-fashioned way where they put it on the newspaper or they just put it on their clunky website and they just put reports on there. And if you're just a casual citizen who has no, like, no no involvement with, like, what's going on, you're probably not going to want to read a report to figure out what's going on at the site, like, what the cleanup is going, what's happening with the cleanup, and then write out, like, a usable like public comment because you you won't understand you won't have all the context and so instead I made these story maps so that it explained what the contamination was what the plans were like kind of just like what what it's like from the 
project manager's point of view and like what they would want to say to the like the public and I've done that a couple times which is pretty cool because now they're trying to make it a standard so that when we're doing cleanup work or like trying to explain to the public certain topics it's it makes it a lot easier to digest like it's just more informative and so I've been working on that a lot um and then I've also so 2020 was quite a year for social justice um and so I got really involved in like diver the diversity equity and inclusion mm -hmm. part of like the agency well actually I created or I helped create like a new council for it so we're trying to like kind of fix and improve the culture of like within the agency because there's a lot of I mean Oregon is super white so there's a lot of like microaggressions going on and no accountability and so we're trying I'm trying to help with that and then I'm trying to focus the agency from like their their business as usual to actually caring about the communities that they're serving for so I started a environmental justice work group within the agency and I got to present to the legislature or not the legislature the um government appointed commission that oversees like the agency that I work for I got to present mm -hmm. to them twice last year so they actually like they're listening to me kind of sort of <laughs> so it, it's really exciting because I I mean I had help but I basically started that from like the ground up and I'm trying to get legislate, legislative backing so that we can make a mapping tool. So I've been exhausted from work, <laughs> but that's Dude, like- Dude, that sounds like a lot. That's awesome though. Yeah, but it's that's like I have cool. my actual job that I was hired to do and then I've been trying to also improve the agency in a lot of ways on the side. So I'm stretched thin. <laughs> Dude, it sounds like it. But I mean, it sounds like you're doing really good work, though. That's, like, important. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what keeps me going is, like, I think that we need to care about communities and we should be involving the public in as much of, as uh, involving the public in our decision making as much as possible. But we also need better processes for doing that. So, I've, yeah, I've just got my hand in every single pot. <laughs> I feel that, though. Like, I, um, so... I've been doing a lot of work outside of my position too, not as like crazy as yours, but like basically um, I'm, I, I started like this, uh, like I think we talked about the food thing right now. Um, I started that job. Um, I spoke with our sister agency in NorCal about starting a pride thing with our organization as well. So DEI director is working on that. Um, I did a couple of sustainability pre um, presentations also because I'm trying to get people there to like understand that like our work falls in line with the sustainable development goals just because like a lot of people there have no idea what it is. So I'm trying to like get them to understand and like kind of see how it's interlinked with climate change because it's a health and human services organization, but I'm trying to get them to see like there are going to be climate refugees because of how hot it's going to get, because of how cold it's going to get, because there's going to be less water somewhere. Um, and you can, like, you can see people already leaving from up north and coming down to the deserts, like in New Mexico or Arizona, because of how cold it gets. So it's if it once it starts getting worse up there, if it starts getting cold, they're going to start coming down here. And like, I just think that that's something that I don't think a lot of people understand. So um, that's one of the things that I've been working on. 
also I've been doing um, trying to help like the native na the native community out here in Albuquerque um, and whatnot through our organization like trying to use the resources that we have um, I presented a uh, an idea for a new position uh, which would be like the tribal liaison so basically they'd be the person that's working with the tribes and being like the go-to person for that so i'm basically trying to create the position for myself um just because that's yeah so i'm just trying to like get it together and you know do that position because it's like my the organization i work for is like predominantly white like super super white like i think there's only like four like bipoc that work there um so it's like insane how big is I think or the or oh, I think we have like a hundred and fifty employees. Um yeah. And one of our CEO is black, which is cool because I'm like at least it's like a person of color that's like leading the organization and not some white person. Now I mean if it was a white person, cool, like whatever, but it's just the fact that like we actually have somebody who's like higher up, which is what's really nice. Um but like, yeah, like I've experienced microaggressions. Like I, like I, I think like, it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy. So I'm just really happy. And our DEI director, it's cool. Cause she's also indigenous, but her tribe is from, where is it from? I think, I think she's from Belize. Like her mom's white and then her dad is from there. And it's super cool. Cause she knows her language. So she's like, she'll like be very like, whenever we have our DEI meeting, she will talk in her language too. And then in English. And then in Spanish, and I'm like, that's dope. Like, I, I love that because, like, I, I try to do the same thing. Like, I I pushed everybody for us to have a land acknowledgement because I felt that it was important. And so, like, they finally, like, did it. Now I'm facilitating a meeting with, like, all of the tribes, like, within the uh, regions that we work with, which I believe it's, like, 30-plus um and then i'm attending one of the agency meetings of the navajo nation which is like super cool because um i was sponsored by a chapter president which is like the person who's in charge of that chapter and like it's super cool but i'm like scared because he asked that i introduce myself in navajo or denebizad um before i start speaking in english and like my my pronunciation is not the best and there's gonna be a lot of elders there so i'm like really scared but like We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm just trying to make sure that like we do a lot of the, um, like a lot of work with the native community. Just, and then also just to make sure that like we're educating people at my job about it. So I've just been finding like different conferences that are like free online from different universities that I can like send to everybody to like sign up for. And then hopefully if I get that position, then I can try to get other trainings like, um, sponsored by the organization for people to attend um but yeah <laughs> this is a super technical question but i'm sorry this is where my mind goes have you looked into like the epa to get funding because they do have a lot of grants coming out i have for like I've looked into like I've looked into e the EPA grants. I've looked into the Department of Agriculture grants. Um, but the problem that I'm having is trying to like align some of the work that we're doing with the requirements for it, especially because like I work for the grants department, which is like doesn't make any sense at all because of the work that I'm doing. But like that's another conversation. Um, and so basically, like it. Um, what am I trying to say? 
yeah, I, it's basically I have to try to figure out like how the position will line up with, or how, what am I, oh my God, my brain is like super scattered. Basically the requirements of the grant, trying to figure out how that ties in with the work that we're doing. And then also like, I'm not a grant writer, so I can't be the one who actually applies for the grant. Um, we have a, one of our, one of my colleagues is a grant writer. So she's the one that, um, oh my God, no. Yeah, she's the one that would be doing all of that. Um, and then we also have another one. So they'd be the one that would also do that. But it's like difficult to try to do it, especially right now, because we're in our grant season where like agencies have been applying for like our larger grant fund. And like I've been having to try to like look at grants and like different things like that. But that's something that I am looking into. Um, I just have to kind of like try and be strategic on the way that I'm doing things. I've started to get into that world of like the financial side of everything that we're trying to do. And it is like a whole other language to me, but I'm trying so hard to understand it. No, dude, I totally understand. There's so much documentation that goes into it. Like, I think I was at a... It was like some sort of conference or like meeting and somebody was saying that like basically a third of your time is documenting a third of your time is applying to the grant and then like a third of your time is actually like implementing what you said that you were going to do which like it makes sense like when you look at what goes into like getting the money and stuff to actually do like whatever program work that you want to do but oh, logistics <laughs> i literally hate the uh financial part of it because it's just like it derails so much i hate i like yeah like i admin and like the background stuff like not even the implementation yeah no like i i know exactly like it's just like i don't know what it is like i just like like i understand that the financial part of like is important you know obviously because that's the things that the money is, is what funds everything i just hate being a part of the financial part because it, i just have no interest in it and like it just like i feel like i could be using my expertise for other stuff instead of focusing on something that like i don't care for just because if i'm doing something that i don't care for like obviously the work isn't going to be done correctly i try to do my best but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but it looks like we both have like our very specific passions like i think you're doing a lot of stuff for the native community and i'm generally doing it for communities <laughs> of this yeah no but still like, that's important, though. Like, I love the work that you're doing. I think that that's amazing, especially because, like, we started the podcast to, like, help make, like, the science more, like, digestible for people. Because, like, obviously, like, there's a lot of terminology and, like, a whole bunch of things that people don't know about. And so, like, the fact that we're trying to break it down so people will understand, I think is really cool. Um, I got some good feedback from this girl from... I forgot. She was from, you know, I don't think I told you about that. She, uh, I know she was from one of the Ivy League universities. I just don't know which one because it was so long ago. But basically, like, she follows me on Twitter and she DM'd me and said that she loved her podcast because it was helping her actually, it was helping her with one of her classes. And I was like, what? And, like, I, I didn't ask her one. I was like, oh, like, that's so cool. Like, I'm really glad that we could help, like, whatever. But she wasn't somebody that I normally talk to, so that was it. But I just thought that that was, like, really cool that our podcast was actually helping somebody from an Ivy League university, like, 
I guess help her understand one of her classes or like I don't know but I thought that that was really cool (laughs) that's what that's the type of stuff that makes me excited to keep this going like I know we've been on hibernation mode because our lives just got super chaotic but like we're back I know we're back and better than ever it doesn't even feel like it's been that long it doesn't no like it like it literally feels like 2020 was just yesterday like I remember having to like I would literally show up because there was a Target down the street from my house and that was or my apartment in uh, Awatuki, which is in Phoenix, which is like way closer than any like Walmart or whatever. Um, And plus, I'd rather shop at Target than Walmart. No offense to anybody. (laughs) Um, And basically, like I would show up at the Target at five in the morning. And there was like maybe 10 people in front of me just to wait until the doors had opened so I could get toilet paper and like Clorox wipes. Like it was insane. And so, like, it literally feels like yesterday that I was doing that. Like, it was wild. And then I even, like, got in trouble by one of the workers because I would grab, like, two or three of the big things of toilet paper and paper towels. But I wouldn't grab them for me. Like, there was, like, older people that were, like, trying to get over there and they couldn't walk as fast. So I'd get it and just put it in their baskets and then, like, walk away. Um, But this lady's getting mad at me because she's like, you can't be grabbing stuff for somebody else. And I was like, I don't care. Like elderly people some of them can't walk as fast as all of us and so they need help too but it literally feels like it was just yesterday like it's insane yeah the and also the wildfires the ice storms like 2020 slash the beginning of 2021 with all the climate change like events i had to do all of those alone like that because i i live alone um i don't have family up in portland so that I mean, I, I was thankful that I did have, like, coworkers that I could depend on and a couple friends that were able to, like, house me when I had to evacuate from the wildfires. But it was, I had a full-on meltdown. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. That's crazy. Like, I moved back up to Portland just to, like, go for this job, and now my house is going to burn down. And I was just, like, freaking out because I, I saw I was, like, less than a mile away from the yellow zone which is like the get ready to go, like at any moment's notice one, uh, like status for like wildfires. And I was like, oh my God, or triple masking it with like the terrible air quality plus COVID. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, that was like, that's (laughs) that feels like it was last week, but I can't believe it's been. I didn't even realize that that was happening. Like I, I know that like, uh like the pacific northwest was having like really high temperatures which are really abnormal right 118 oh my god i don't have ac in my house and a lot of houses around here don't because it's usually super cold and summers get to like you know 70s 80s so it's not really like we get 90 100 day days often so a lot of places around here don't have ac or in seattle it got up to 118 there damn that's phoenix weather like that is so wild the only thing that i like i understood that was going on up there because i didn't know the temperatures got that high um i just followed this biologist on twitter he's super cool um i was learning a lot from him because i guess there was a lot of fish um within the rivers and streams and the lakes that were dying because it was getting so hot like which i thought was like i thought that that was insane because i kept seeing about it and like I recently found out because I just moved to Albuquerque like last year and um, or like in July of last year, I should say. And so um, 
like when I got here, it was like 104, 105, which like, you know, being from Phoenix, like that's really not that bad. But um, everybody here was saying that it never was that hot before, that the highest it used to get was like 84, 85. So I was just like, damn, that's like crazy. And then like, from my understanding from Albuquerque, like it used to snow, like it would snow, like that was a normal thing. But this year, I think it snowed yesterday, but it was just like in the morning at like a lot and then it melted by the end of the day. And then like two weeks ago, it was like a really heavy, heavy snowfall. And like, so for me, I was like, oh cool, like it snowed, like that was what I assumed it would be. But a lot of my coworkers were like, no, like it snows a lot more than this normally. So it's like been really abnormal. And like just being able to like see the changes and how things are happening is like crazy to me. Cause even with my grandparents, like where they live, uh the highest it used to get was like in the 90s and now it gets up to like 110 and so like the it's just wild to like like just just to see how the weather is changing and like i don't know if this is like this is just like an observation that i have i don't know if it's like an actual thing or not but like i feel like winter used to be in like november december and now it's like starting in february and like it's it's just weird it's crazy to me because like I just, I don't know, it's just wild to me. And my stepdad, he lived in Phoenix before, um, cause, and like basically, um, he, I think he lived like in the nineties or something, I don't know. But he told me that like the temperatures weren't like that before. Cause like in the middle of the night in like July, it could be like 105 at like three in the morning. Like I would get up at five to go to work and it was like 105 and 106 already, but like, from what he told me that it was never like that before but you know at, like being in phoenix and growing up like just like that it wasn't that bad for well it was bad but that was what was normal for me so like it's just crazy to see how everything is changing and then to like know that there's actually people out there who don't believe that it's like happening like because it's like you it makes no sense because you literally see it happening but yet you're just like denying the fact that like it's happening, which I think it, I think it's probably the same people who are like, oh, COVID was just like not real like type thing, you know? Yeah. Like that it makes me upset because it's like a very like egocentric way of thinking because it's not some sort of government conspiracy because if it was, it wouldn't be happening in literally every other country in the world. Like this is not just like a U.S. thing, climate change or COVID. It's not just a U.S. thing. Like literally every other country is having to deal with it in different ways, and so like for people to be like, "Oh, it's fake," it's you're you're getting sold lies <laughs> from like the most powerful people in the world because they have so much money that they can convince you that something that's true is false. No, exactly. And then one of the other things that like is like the whole like El Nino, you know, in the Pacific and how that's changing. And then how um, I, like I was reading a journal with not not recently, it was like a year or two ago um, about how like because it's changing like sea lions, like the moms are having to swim out further to find fish. So the pups are being left on shore for longer periods of time. So you're starting to see um higher rates of pups like going inland so like going onto the streets and like i think one of them was even found near a freeway like in san diego because like they're waiting for their moms and so they just like wander off and like it's so wild like to see like just the way that things are changing or like how just like the fact that 
we use streetlights at night, like in Florida, the turtles, like the hatchlings, they actually sometimes will go towards the shore because they see the streetlights and that's like the moon to them. So a lot of them get run over or they fall into storage, uh, storm drains. And like, it's just like, it's so sad to not only see that the climate is changing, but also to see that like, even the smallest little activities that we're making are having huge impacts like on the ocean, you know? And then I saw this like, I don't know what company it was from, but they were like cleaning up the Pacific with like the trash, whatever, which, you know, like that's awesome. They're making like efforts to do it, whatever. But the way that they were doing it um, is is going to cause a lot of by bycatch. Yeah, bycatch. Um, I believe that's what it is. Bycatch, whatever. I'm tired. Um, and so, but they posted like a video of them like pulling out the trash with no bycatch. And like, like that's literally like impossible because they're using nets. So a lot of like biologists and everybody were calling them out and be like, there's no way that you're doing this without bycatch. And that was the same thing, but they, they like advertise these in certain ways. So that way it feeds into like people's like that, I guess like it, it relieves them of their guilt of the things that we're doing. Um, but they don't realize that it's having like a bigger impact on the environment. Like, cause they could catch dolphins. See, I, I've seen dolphins like, uh, wait, like baby whales, sharks, um, different species of fish. I've seen octopus. Like it's wild to me. And when I um, when I was when I started college in San Antonio, Texas, uh, I wanted to be a marine biologist. But my advisor convinced me to not do it, which was like shitty of her. Now that I think about it, but back then I was like, okay, whatever. But I used to go down to Corpus Christi to the Texas Sea Life Center a lot just because I enjoyed it. Um, and I used to talk to one of the, there was a, a man there. He did a lot of conservation work, um, along the Gulf coast in Texas. So we used to talk about a lot of stuff. And like, he used to tell me about like, you know, the, like the, um, marine life that washes shore because of like, you know, either they choke on like the, those can thing, the little, you know, the plastic that holds the cans that they don't use anymore. But like back then beyond, they would choke on that plastic bags, like just a bunch of different stuff. And so like. It's just so sad to think about that. You know what I mean? And then even, like, the human effects. Like, we see, like, all of these disasters, how they happen, like, the hurricanes, wildfires, and everything, and we see them on the news for, like, a week, and then all of a sudden we don't see them anymore, and then we don't stop to think about, like, the actual human impact that those had on, like, the lives of people. But people lose their homes. Like, that takes time to recover, and we need programs for those people to like get back on their feet because like celebrities for example like I'm I'm thinking of like the wildfires in California like Miley Cyrus her house burnt down during one of those wildfires and like it's like she's a, at the end of the day she's a human so like it impacted her a lot she even said that it changed the way that she sings and like her voice and stuff and like luckily she has the tools and like the money to like rebuild her life right away but it doesn't negate the fact that she had like that mental health toll taken from that event and there's people who aren't famous who are going through that plus more like some people have children that they have to take care of and they no longer have a home and they lost everything. like the human impact of climate change in its own is something that we really need to try to figure out how we can mitigate it because at the end of the day even if we try to do all these like green energy renewable energy like everything first off we're not going to stop climate change like it's already happening it's going to take its toll all we can do is try to like help the future so that we don't like deplete all of our resources 
and end up in a wasteland, but also uplift people while we're doing that and have more social like programs to help people get back on their feet and like mitigate the disasters that are clearly happening because these are costing like billions and trillions of dollars in damages and like even past that like the mental health toll that it's taking on people who are impacted by them like that's not even taken into account like when people think of these big numbers it's like how how much therapy or how much like like what happened to the people that were impacted by these yeah i think there's a lot of like I think, well, I think we talk about this all the time, like how there's a lot of stuff that people don't understand and how everything's like interconnected. Like, I don't think that a lot of people who eat seafood realize like how many, like, because microplastics, obviously they ingest them and that's made out of like, you know, fossil fuels. And so like the chemicals that are in those microplastics end up in the seafood that you're eating. So you're like ingesting the chemicals from those microplastics and like people don't stop to like think about that you know what I mean like even like the the water that we drink like um I don't think people realize that obviously like water is treated like different things like that but sometimes there are like chemicals in the water that aren't the best for human for humans but fresh water is fresh water um and so like I don't know I just think it's like really crazy like for example I, I I mean this could be different but like my partner he's a um dietitian he works for a dialysis clinic and so he was like talking to me about how like the vitamin c levels in them or something how it affects them not having kidneys and then come to find out that water here in Albuquerque has high levels of calcium and the only reason why I figured that out is because I have two bunnies um, and so I don't even think that I had them in the last season. I don't think that I did. How long have you had them? I got them in 20... I got them in March of 2020. Maybe not. Or no, I think we did film one episode in 2020. I think so. Yeah, let's, let's just go <laughs> yeah. that we did. <laughs> and so like... Basically, like I saw the way that the because one of them like loves to dig in her litter box, and so she ended up peeing, she ended up peeing on the actual like plastic part, not on the litter. And so I looked at it and I got concerned because the way that it looked, so I looked it up, and it was based on high vitamin C levels. And I remember um, that the vet they said the same thing. So I just thought it was crazy that like you know it has oh no vitamin C oh my god calcium high calcium levels. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was crazy too. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I know that doesn't really relate to climate change. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But like, I just, I just, I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that I don't think that we really stop to think about in terms of human health and like the well-being of wildlife. Yeah. And that's why we made this mm-hmm. so we could talk about I know. Hopefully, I think that people are finding this useful. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, we... <laughs> I have, like, a lot of ideas of, like, guests and stuff and topics of things that we could talk about. So I'm really excited to get more people on board and uh, have them talk their expertise to you. Yes, yes. And then we're going to have new music coming out soon, which is going to be a surprise for everyone. Um, and there's a lot that we're going to be doing. So I'm really excited what the future is going to bring for us. Especially, I know that you guys are going to love the music we're going to bring out. I'm just, I'm so excited for this yes. season. Yes, and I should probably just, uh, so Bella Renee was the artist that we previously featured, and she is EDC level, like, 
verified on Instagram. She's doing very well. Doing so great. Yeah. But unfortunately, that means we can't use her music. Yeah, but I would go check out her music still. It's really, really good. Super, super happy for her. Yes. Um, and now I'm really excited to be fe- featuring uh, our new artist. Super excited about that. So super excited about everything's to come. Um, yeah, for listening, guys. Yeah, and also check out um, talkclimatechangetome.com. It's yes. with the number two instead of spelling it out. <laughs> I'll probably link it in the description of this podcast to type it out, but check out the website because we're also going to be posting stuff on there pertaining to the podcast. And just, yes. Yeah. Overall, we're, we're back. If you guys want to support us, there's going to be a donation link on the website. So we'll appreciate any, any type of donation that we can get um, so we can just keep the podcast operating. Yes. Uh, and thank you so much for listening and for coming back. We're so excited. Thank you.